we've produced this episode in both English and Indonesian. To listen to the Indonesian version, follow the link in our show notes. Nestled between the Indian and the Pacific Oceans sits the Indonesian archipelago. This chain of over 17,000 islands is home to nearly 300 million people, making it the fourth most populous country in the world. It is a country that has enjoyed incredible economic growth over the last 20 years, averaging in the region of 5%. This has seen the Indonesian GDP increase from about 150 billion US dollars in 2000 to just under 1.2 trillion in 2020. Although the archipelago has so many islands, over half the population lives on its second largest, Java, which is also home to the nation's capital and economic hub, Jakarta. But the burden placed on Jakarta as the first city is enormous, resulting in air quality, water supply challenges and subsidence, with some areas sinking up to 25 centimetres per year. To take some of the strain off Jakarta, Indonesian President Joko Widodo announced a new policy in 2019. It is a plan that you do not see very often. A plan that will fundamentally alter the balance of the Indonesian economy and change the way the country sees itself. They will move the capital itself from the island of Java to the island of Borneo, a journey of a thousand kilometers and expected to cost over $30 billion. A plan is in place to construct a completely new capital in the eastern region of Kalimantan, which is the Indonesian section of the island of Borneo. The other section is split between Malaysia and Brunei. The move makes a lot of sense. Kalimantan is four times the size of Java. It is more central within the archipelago and reportedly accounts for less than 10% of the Indonesian GDP. The new city will itself be located to the southwest of the existing port city of Balikpapan, which is now expected to become the gateway to the capital. An economic miracle for Balikpapan, which is known locally as a city of believers. But this presents an interesting challenge to its airport. Already the busiest in Kalimantan, and which has more than doubled its annual passenger numbers over the last decade, to over 7 million. Hello and welcome to Engineering Matters. I'm Alex Conacher. And I'm Rian Owen. In this episode, we have partnered with Shell to look at the runway resurfacing of Balikpapan's airport, the Sultan Aji Mohammed Suleiman Sepingan Airport. We will learn how an increase in passenger numbers and newer, heavier planes have pushed the existing runway beyond its limits. 
The increased frequency and the increased loads have combined with the heat of rugged, rain-forested Borneo, and the runway has deteriorated in recent years. A new runway solution is necessary if the gateway to Indonesia's new capital is to be worthy of the name. But first, we need to understand more about the airport itself. And for that, we are joined by Fendi Ramadi, the facilities manager at Balikpapan Airport, who has responsibility for maintenance, repair work and new construction. And we are also joined by Budi Wibowo, a consultant to the airport, who works for a company called PT Isoplan, a civil engineer who was involved with the planning of the runway upgrade works. Neither gentleman speaks English, and so they will be speaking to us through a translator. Here is Budi from The Consultant, voiced in this episode by our very own Tim Sheehan. Balikpapan Airport is located close to the city, next to the coast. There is one runway that is 2,500 metres long and 45 metres wide. The condition of the airport is good and the building itself is new. The airport is quite busy and in normal years we have about 7.7 million passengers, but if I'm not mistaken, the capacity is 15 million per year. Budi says that this is a longer-term possibility for passenger numbers and that the airport has begun to accept larger planes due to increasing demand. Boeing 777-300s, which have a capacity of up to 368 passengers. Booty says that a survey was conducted to understand damage to the runway, and two areas of particular concern were identified. A 500-metre section at one end of the runway, and a 500-metre section at the other. These sections were resurfaced with a high-specification, or performance-grade, asphalt, called PG-76FSLT. We'll explain the name in a moment. But the remainder of the runway was resurfaced with conventional PEN-6070 asphalt. This was to keep costs down. It was an expense that we did not have the funding for, so we only used the PG-76 higher specification material where it was most needed. The PG-76 part of the name refers to its performance or resistance to deformation at high temperature. In this case, it defines how the binder performs at an average pavement temperature of 76 degrees Celsius meaning it would protect against the mid-afternoon temperatures in the region. And it's a good rule of thumb that pavement temperatures can exceed air temperatures by up to 20 degrees, as the dark surface traps the heat. Here is Fendi, the airport facilities manager, voiced in this episode by our own John Young. The use of PG-76 is to protect against the high temperature that the asphalt reaches, which in Balikpapan in the afternoon is above 60 degrees Celsius. The softening point of our conventional 6070 material is only around 50 degrees Celsius. Fendi adds that another concern was fuel and chemical intrusion into the asphalt. So they opted for an asphalt, that had additives designed to reduce degradation when it is regularly exposed to fuel. That's the FS part of PG-76 FSLT. And finally, one of the major challenges on any airport runway project 
is the working time. Any intervention needs to be carried out in the middle of the night when there is no air traffic. But for asphalt, this is a particular problem. Asphalt needs to be laid while hot so that it is workable and can be properly compacted. But until it gets below its setting temperature, it is still soft. So freshly laid asphalt behaves much like the asphalt in the middle of the hot Balakapan afternoon. It is not enough to complete the work in time. The asphalt needs time to cool before the first plane lands. So the airport made the decision to go for a low temperature asphalt to make sure it would reach a low temperature as quickly as possible. See episode 65, Every Little Helps, for more information on low temperature asphalt. As for the LT, we chose it to make it easier and faster to do the work. It didn't need the high mixing temperatures. And the pandemic has at least brought a benefit to this project. It has meant reduced flight numbers, so the working time will be a full eight hours. Plenty of time for the asphalt to harden. My name is Baginda Ziregar. I'm a specialist application advisor for Indonesia, and I'm responsible for answering bitumen product quality managing sales technical leadership in the industry and I'm involved in premium product introduction to the country. Baginda is Shell's expert on the Balak Papan project. He helped advise the airport team on the best product to use and is on hand to give support until construction has finished. He has been involved with the project since late 2019. That time they were seeking for a stronger material that can improve the pavement durability as well. So since then we had a series of uh, advocacies with them to introduce uh, the polymer modified bitumen and further to respond them with any technical discussion and application guidelines that they need to apply this uh, product. Baginda says that although many road surfaces have to endure high loads from trucks, these are distributed across a number of axles. With planes landing on a runway, this is not the case. If we look at the aircraft, we see that the wheel configuration is, is basically also critical. It, it is impacting uh, to the pavement differently, especially when it is turning in the uh, slow speed it is really, really creating uh, the sheer stress. You, you like uh, dragging, dragging the asphalt mixture from the pavement, right? Really doing its best to peel the asphalt from the surface with its high loads. Something that a road is never, or at least very seldom, subjected to. The result was the discovery of scuffing and rutting during a site inspection in 2019. And Beginder agrees that the problem was the softening, a common problem faced when the binder is not designed for high temperature performance. So from there, we know that they need to have stiffer, yet more elastic material. This is so it can deform when it is under a load. This is provided by the use of a polymer modified bitumen. So Beginder recommended a polymer-modified bitumen with the fuel-safe and low-temperature characteristics that we mentioned before. 
So, uh, polymer modified bitumen or PMB is essentially a bitumen whose uh, physical properties are modified with polymers such as styrene, butadiene styrene or SBS, uh, polyethylene and styrene butadiene rubber among others. This dissolved polymer spread out its polymer chains to create interconnecting matrix of polymers through the bitumen. The changes of physical properties found in PMB or the polymer modified bitumen could thus be attributed to the interconnecting matrix of polymer in the bitumen that is formed when the polymers dissolve into certain component fractions of the bitumen itself. So consequently, these polymers are able to modify the physical properties such as softening point, penetration, viscosity, and temperature susceptibility. This results in asphalt mixture that have better resistance to permanent deformation at high temperature, fatigue cracking, and thermal cracking, and also better resistance to aging. And another important aspect to consider in the formulation of this polymer modified bitumen is the combination of compatible base bitumen and polymers, which is essential to prevent homogeneity and quality problems. Baginda says that it is sensible to have a polymer-modified bitumen in a runway asphalt, particularly in a place like Balikapan. Normally for airport applications, it is good to have a polymer-modified binder, which is going to give a higher performance because it is a high-loading area. And in a tropical climate like in Indonesia, we need to have such kind of binder to cater for the airport's demands. So, PMB can be formulated to overcome specific challenges, such as improve resistance to deformation and or to provide better adhesion between bitumen and aggregate than conventional bitumen. As for the fuel-safe specification, Beginder says that this is crucial for airport runway surfaces everywhere. The Carifal fuel shape was developed to improve the resistance of asphalt to the effects of fuel spillage. So any hydrocarbon in bitumen, it is going to be dissolved in case of any aircraft fuel spillage. When it happens, it can create foreign object debris or so-called FOD, the unwanted thing for the runway operation in the airport. If fuel spillage happening, then immediate damage happening. So we develop fuel safe binder to be able to retard the solvation process for longer life. So it is implemented in a number of airports. Carifal fuel safe provides significantly improved fuel resistance, more durable surfacing with greater resistance to permanent deformation. Beginder says that for him personally, any time he gets to recommend the use of a low-temperature bitumen, he gets a sense of pride, as it requires less fuel to bring to the point of workability, and is more sustainable as a result, as it lowers the carbon emissions during asphalt production. So we are proud of it, that we can contribute to the environment, we can influence the authority to use this low temperature binder technology that supports the sustainable development in pavement construction. 
the Indonesian government has an agenda for green development as well. So the airport project stakeholders have been starting to look for the product alternatives with better cost efficiency during construction to gain more benefits such as time, increased productivity, and reducing fuel consumption for heating. By reducing mixing temperature by 30 degrees Celsius, it potentially offers savings of up to 0.9 liters of heating fuel and up to 2.4 kilograms of CO2 emission per ton of asphalt. So I think this made me proud personally. That represents 10% of the total fuel requirement during the asphalt production process. As for Fendi, the airport facilities manager, he hopes that other airports will see what they are doing at Balikpapan and learn from their experience. From information we have received, this airport is among the first to use PG asphalt, so we hope that the work will be successful and make us a role model for other airports throughout Indonesia. And the new capital of Indonesia can be linked to the rest of the country and the wider world and have airport infrastructure that can withstand the increase in demand. Engineering Matters is a production of Reby Media. Our producers are Alex Conacher, Bernadette Ballantyne, Rhea Owen, Ross McPherson, John Young, Velo Mitrovic and Tim Sheehan. This episode was written and hosted by me, Alex Conacher. My co-host was Rhea Owen. Sound Engineering by Ross McPherson. Script Editing and Series Supervision by John Young. And our own gateway to the future is Rory Harris. Special thanks to our episode partner, Shell Bitumin, and also to Balak Papan Airport and the consultant, PT Isoplan. Thank you for listening. You can find us on all podcast apps, on our website, engineeringmatters.reby.media, on Twitter, and on LinkedIn.